0: Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all. It is, uh, you all are a wonderful group. You know, generally when I do meetings and I go into a, a place of congregation, and generally I have to make people smile. But y'all just smile. That's, that's going to be great. The, the meeting's going to be great. Well, without any further ado, we're going to get into a lesson this morning, Bible study lesson. What I want to share with you is... Um, Uh, you'll be opening up your Bibles here shortly to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. You know, we, the church, as the Lord has called us to be and do, you know, we have a grave responsibility. So I want to talk about, I want to talk about defining discipleship. Okay, this is something that, that really we don't... We don't talk a whole lot about, we talk about disciples, we, we hear this, but, but the, here's the reason. The reason is that you and I as believers, as Christians, we have to carry out the plan of Jesus. Uh, the Lord has gone back and he's given us the challenge uh, to carry out his plan uh, and and, and this, was his, this was his focus as disciples. The disciples is a follower of Christ. A disciple is a learner. So Jesus' his very first words, his very first words to his followers, to his disciples uh, in Matthew chapter 4, and verse 19 was follow me. Uh, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's what his focus was. Um, there's one thing uh church that you can do here on earth that you that you cannot do in heaven you won't be making disciples in heaven. Amen. I want you to read quickly, turn to a passage in second Peter second Peter chapter three, and I want to share something with you to, to, to help you understand why this is so very important now you all you all will get to Know me, and and thank you all for sending out the welcoming party last night. If that's indicative of what this congregation is like, you all are blessed. Everyone that was there last night was just—we was just so elated, uh, and, and we hoped everybody else was like them. Okay, y'all not smiling. <laughs> we may have a problem. Um, let me let me share a little bit about me. And, and, and the group that was there last night was, they, I'm one of those kind of preachers that I like to talk to you, and and I don't mind interaction. I don't lie, I don't mind you talking back to me. Okay, that's that's who I am. You'll get to you all will get to know me very well by time we leave. Okay, Second Peter chapter three and verse nine through fourteen. Peter writes, "The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness." But as long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up. Therefore, since you know that, that's what the word therefore means. Since you know what I've just mentioned to you, Peter says, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons are you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening to come to the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth in which the righteousness shall dwell. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. Church, people are dying all the time. And it's really time for us as a church to get, to get interested in souls. You know, we, we meet and we are the body of Christ, but the Lord has get us, given us a challenge to go into all the world your friends, your neighbors, your relatives. You gotta t- you've got to tell folk about Jesus, that's the only way that they're going to be saved. See, we can't just get comfortable and say, we okay. We come here and we worship on Sunday. We go home. We don't worry about our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends. We have to worry. Jesus has given us this challenge. So discipleship has to do with sharing Jesus Christ's life with the unsaved. That's what it's all about, is sharing the life of Jesus with the unsaved. Now, discipleship is without doubt Jesus is highest priority for every believer and if when you study discipleship the most singular um, critical and important teaching that, that can be imagined is simply this you all, it's, it's being a disciple let me share with you what it means to be a disciple it involves three things first of all it involves and intimate person, personal relationship with a disciple maker. You cannot make a disciple without having an intimate personal relationship with a disciple maker. Secondly, a personal commitment to be a disciple. We must decide, each and every one of us must decide that I want to be a disciple. And then thirdly, a personal instruction by a disciple maker. Those are the three things that that the challenge the Lord is given us. So disciples uh, cannot be made without a disciple maker. Everybody understand that? You gotta follow me because it's gonna be very important what this great commission is gonna say to us. Um, so the disciple is one who has been discipled by a discipler. And he goes to say, How does one Jesus ascended into heaven, turned the job of making disciples over to the followers, and he gave them the Holy Spirit to to help us and to lead us. Now, how does one make a disciple? That's the question. How does one make a disciple? Here it is. I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew 28. That's really what we're going to focus on this morning, and we won't get through with all this because we're going to talk about this. Matthew chapter 28. Watch what he says. Begin in verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, speaking to his disciples. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. If you look at Acts chapter 1 and the verse 18, it says, But you will re- receive power as the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witness. In this command, let me give you this command in the original Greek. Let me tell you what this really says. Because you all know that uh, the Bible was... The Bible was translated from uh, Greek and Hebrew. And what we have is the English version of the Bible. This is actually what this passage says. Uh, Most people believe. Here it is. Let me go back up here. Here it is. Uh, Most people believe, you all, that that what Jesus commanded, because most people believe that the imperative, uh, and I want, to, I want you to see this, the, the command, the imperative command these verses is go. When we talk about the Great Commission, what do we put emphasis on? Go, don't we? Go. Go into all the world and make disciples. And, but the imperative verb in Matthew 28 and verse 19, 20, the imperative verb is not go. We're going to see this. See, the subject here, uh, in the command by Jesus, making, making disciples is the imperative verb. Now watch this. He says, the subject you is understood. The phrase make disciples in the Greek is what's referred to as the erotis, uh, active imperative. Now, which means that the emphasis in the, in the Great Commission is not go, but rather, it is making disciples. Jesus's command in Matthew chapter twenty-eight, and verses nineteen through twenty, uh, is unequivocal. The manner is making disciples. Now, here's the, Now, let me just share with you that the imperative indicates authority. So, the command it indicates imperative is the, the, the what's necessary, what's urgent. So, the mood of the verb that. Impresses a command. Now, here's the thing. Now, go is a participle, right? Do we have any? Do we have any English teachers in here? Okay, so you can't you can't refute what I'm saying. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so, so the word go is a participle, right? Baptizing is a participle. Teaching, participle. Make disciples is an imperative verb. Now, this is why this is important. Here's the proper rendering of that Greek text. This is how it actually reads in the Greek. As you go, wherever you go, however you go, in the course of your lives, where If you go to Walmart, if you go to your job, if you go to your neighbor, if you go wherever you go in the course of your lives, I command you make disciples, all right, of all people, of all people, of every race, baptizing them, baptizing who? Those who will believe in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. That is the original Greek text, all right? So what does Jesus mean by make disciples? What does he mean? And did his disciples comprehend the command? Now, you all, Jesus has spent three years uh, personally discipling these 12 men. And, and, and everything they heard from Jesus, every moment that Jesus spent with them was the giving of this command. But did they understand what Jesus said? That's the, that's the whole question here. So when you look at this, notice that Jesus closed his great commission by saying, and lo, I'm with you all the way to the end of the age. This was the promise of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, I'm going to give you something, and I'm going to be with you even to the end of the age. Now, Jesus told them, as you all know, in John chapter 15. Uh, we're going to get somewhere here in just a second, you guys. John 15, verse 26 through 27. Jesus says, but when the Comforter has come, when I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father... He shall testify of me and you and ye also shall bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So upon the Holy Spirit, arrival of the Holy Spirit here on the day of Pentecost, the stage is now set. Not only had they been taught how to make disciples, but now they also have been given the power to make disciples. So who today, 2013, Who are who who are the ones called to make disciples? You are the elders. Come on, y'all supposed to be talking back to me. Is it just the elders? Who? Every single disciple. So, you know, this is the problem. What we do is we put this stuff off for others to do. We put it off for the preacher to do. We put it off for the elders to do. We put it off for the deacons to do. It's everybody else's job except mine. This great commission is given to us personally to make disciples. You are a disciple maker. Now, notice what Jesus says here. He says, so the task of making disciples involves two basic things. Now, this is important, church, two basic things. They were to what? They were to baptize believers, right? Baptize believers. So, disciple-making means first sharing Christ with the lost. And, and once they have come to an understanding of the gospel, baptize them as the next step of obe- obedience, to the living uh, God and living in obedience to to him. Now, here's the thing, you all, that we have to understand is that notice what he says first. He says first, go therefore and do what? Huh? Make disciples. You all, we are in such a rush to get folk to the water. But you know what we fail to do? What's happening in the Lord's church is that we've got just as many going out the back door as we do coming in the front door. Why is that? Because we're not making disciples. You will see that? Here's the thing. It's when we go to make disciples, we need to, we need to help folk to count the cost. Yeah, you know, you know the the parable of the soil. Those four four soils: the wayward soil, the rocky, the stony, and the good soil. There's four types of soil. When you when you plant that seed, it falls on one of those four types of soil. And here's the thing, is you all, we we what we don't do is folk can get excited about the Lord, but they need to know that when you come to the Lord, you're gonna have you're gonna have a cross to bear. This Christianity is not for the faint of heart. I tell you now, see, before, before the devil wasn't after you. But when you come to the Lord, he's going to show enough be after you. And things aren't going to, folks aren't going to treat you right because you say you're a child of God. Matter of fact, you're going to get persecuted. Peter says those who shall love godly in this life, what? Shall suffer persecution. If you, want to, if you want to walk with the Lord, you better know that you're going to be persecuted. So Jesus says, so Jesus says, go into wherever you're at in your course of life and make disciples. All right? Once you make a disciple, once you help folk come and count the calls and they're ready to surrender their life to Jesus. See, you all, let me tell you this, is that here, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized is not the plan of salvation. Y'all know that? I know y'all looking at me funny because that's, no, we, that's what we say a lot in the Church of Christ. So let me tell you, here, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized is your response to the plan. Where was the plan? The plan was already in the mind of God before you were even thought of. The plan was, John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, and that word became flesh and dwelt among us. The plan was that God was going to divest himself and wrap himself up in the form of Jesus. Come down to this old earth for 33 years and be crucified on the cross and buried in in the grave for three days, resurrected the th- after the third day, and now sits on the right hand of God. That was the plan. That's the gospel. That's the good news, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through 5. You know, you know what betrays us, you all? What we do is so times we go out there and say, you know what? Here, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. That's your response. When you come to understand how good Jesus is, when you come to understand that he died for me, and he now sits on the right hand of God. That's good news. That's the plan of salvation. So when I hear that, I hear faith coming by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now I believe that. I believe that God came in the form of Jesus. He came. I believe that with all my heart. Believe. Without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. He, uh, uh, Hebrews eleven six. 6. So now I believe it. I have some faith. What is faith? Faith, Hebrews 11, 1, is the substance of things, what? Hope for, in the evidence of things not seen. So I believe it. Anybody here ever seen God? Anybody ever seen Jesus? See the faith? i got to have that faith. i got to have that saving faith that Jesus is who he said he is, and he did what he said he did. So now I believe that, and now, you know what? I want to do something about my life because he came and died for me, and he says I can have eternal life through him. Now I want to now I want to know something how can I get that eternal life so now I'm willing to repent of my sins Luke 11, verse 30, to Luke eleven three. 3. So now I want to repent of my sins. And, and because, of, uh, because I know I'm not walking with God, now I want to walk with God. Now I want to turn around. So that's my, that's my repentance. And then confession is made with the mouth under salvation. So I'm going to confess before everybody that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I want you to know that. And then I'm going to be obedient. Baptism is not a work. Baptism is obedience. Jesus commanded it. I don't care you all what we have in denominationalism. So many folks say baptism is not essential to your salvation. I don't care how you read it. I don't care how you study it. You cannot preach away, read away, or think away baptism. Peter says baptism does now save us. Uh, uh, Not the washing away of the filth of the flesh, but a good conscience toward God. Mark 16, 16, except you believe, uh, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And conjunction, junction, what's your function? Y'all see this? And so what folk would say is, let me tell you what they'll say to you. Because you all, if we're gonna be disciple makers, we have to be be prepared to be disciple makers. Because you know the first thing that your friends, your denominational friends are gonna say to you? I don't, I don't have to be baptized. Why don't you have to be baptized? What's the story? Because of the thief on the cross. Right? What about the thief on the cross? That's what I asked him. Well, what about the thief on the cross? Well, he wasn't baptized. You're right. He wasn't. He didn't need to be. Jesus had not died. Jesus had not died. Baptism was not instituted yet. Jesus had not gone on to glory. Glory. So he was saved under that law. He was saved back then in the Old Testament. They were saved by believing. They believed God. Well, when Jesus went onto the cross uh, and, was, and was ascended into heaven, guess what changed? The priesthood changed. Now we have a great high priest. Who is he? Jesus. When the, when the priesthood changed, even the worship changed. Amen? And the way we are saved Change Now baptism is essential unto salvation. You can't, get, you can't get by it. That's the deal. So what I'm saying is when you go out there and you're going to make disciples, you have to, first of all, help people understand that this is the cause. You're going to, this is what you're going to face. So Jesus says that, first of all, you baptize them. Now once we get them baptized, what do we do next? Huh? Teach them. You all teach them. This is this is some of the problems we have in the church. I've been guilty. We're so hard to get people to the water. We get excited about that, don't we? But what we fail to do is we don't come along and continue to teach them, teach them how to take off the old man. You know what we do in our judgmental eyes. What we'll do is we'll get a new convert and they'll come and we'll baptize them. And then and then and then as soon as they mess up, what are y'all gonna say? Huh? Yeah, Brother James, y'all come on. What are y'all gonna say? Y'all gonna Oh, look at them. They done messed up. He's still cursing. He's still smoking. He's still hanging out at the bar. What else y'all do? Come on. I know y'all look holy this morning, but you, you didn't just get saved last night. Come on. See, see, see you don't hear us the thing about the churches, their new converts, their ba- they're babes. We got to continue to teach them, teach them the first principles, teach them that they're going to fall down. The Bible says we all sin. That brother came up here and read that passage and said, we all sin. He didn't say y'all, he said all. Every single one of us sin and come short of the glory of God, don't we? Anybody here, never, anybody here don't sin? That's what I'm saying. So now you've got these new converts, so now you've got to teach them. Teach them how to live holy. Matter of fact, and the best way you can teach them is you be an example. All right? Teach them. Teach them to love and to forgive and to be long-suffering. Teach them, and when they mess up, what should you do? Kick them, kick them or pick them up? <laughs> uh, you need to come along and pick them up and say, okay, get back on that track. Encourage them. So we got to teach them. You know? and, 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 and here's another thing is teaching them to observe all things. Um, what are you going to teach them? What Christ has commanded disciple making involves instruction, specifically in all that Christ has commanded that is in the word of God let me ask you all this 2nd Timothy 3 verse 16 through 17 we know that passage all scripture inspired by God is profitable for teaching for reproof for correction for training in righteousness that the man of God may be adequate equipped for every good work now when you get these new converts first of all First of all, what what do you guys have y'all? What help me help me understand? How do y'all? Everybody's different, but how do you go about making disciples? Uh, brother Chad, brother Chad was talking to me last night. I, I love his approach and Matt's approach and uh, love love and God's approach. They just they just go and start telling some folk about Jesus. But see, here's the thing: is you can not have Jesus without the church see that why because the church is the bride of Christ we get so afraid of telling folk about the church of Christ why do we do that why do we do that y'all know why what are are folk going to say out there you all are the ones who think what you're the only ones going to heaven Right? What's your response? See how Satan sets us up, and we get afraid. You know what you need to tell folk? No, we're more narrow-minded than that. Some of us ain't going. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that the truth? You know, see, see, when you understand church, we're going to have time to get in all that. At the church. The church is not a religious word. The ecclesia is really assembly. That's really the the, the the translation. It's not even called out. It's assembly. The church is the, is the body of Christ. The church is a universal body, okay? What we have done in the church of Christ is you all, our speech betrays us because we use the name church of Christ like a denomination. We say, folk come up to you and they say, well, what, what are you? What are you a member of? Who are you? You a member of what? What's your faith? What do we say? Church of, church of Christ. What is that? No, we're Christians. The Church of Christ is simply a descriptive name of the of the church that belongs to Jesus Christ. Amen. So so if so if Fountainhead Church of Christ decided to meet out on Highway, huh? 109. If the church of Christ decided, Portland church of Christ decided to meet out on 109, where would the church be? 109. Y'all see that? Church, what I'm trying to get us to understand is this stuff has troubled us for many, many years. And so you got folk coming and saying you all are the only ones think you're going to, church, uh, going to heaven. And what's your, what's your other problem? Come on, y'all know. Y'all the ones who don't have music in the church, right? Y'all don't, do you? Do you? <laughs> do I need to check, Chad, to see what you got back here? Listen, church, we do have music. There's only two types of music, vocal and instrumental. Well, I can get more deeper in that, but here's the deal is... The Lord has commanded us to offer the praise of our lips, making a joyful noise in our hearts. I know we can get in silos and all those things. What are we? We're, pl- we're, we're not plucking on something. We're plucking what? In something. Our minds. See, church, that is the command. And when folk don't understand, let, let, me, let me help everybody understand. Worship, worship ain't for you. Now, I know ain't ain't no proper word, but we're going to be using ain't a lot. Don't y'all use ain't down here in Tennessee? You understand, Chad? Because I got a homeboy over there. Listen, worship is not for you. Worship is for God. So when we come into this place, everybody, get in your mind. It's not coming to say, well, the preacher didn't didn't do much for me today. And I know y'all don't say that about Chad because I know he tears it up every Sunday. (laughs) Why y'all laughing? (laughs) Or I didn't like the songs that the song leaders led today. Listen, I get on our congregation all the time. Don't you dare have the audacity to come into the worship of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ talking about what you can get. But you come in here because you know how good God has been to you. And you say, Lord, what can I offer you? Some folks say, well, Brother Don, I can't sing. I can't either. Y'all will see that in the next few days, because I like to sing. I don't sing, I sing. (laughs) Y'all will see that. Brother, let me tell y'all something. is don't you know singing is a command? Some people sit in the pews, and they think they worship God by just sitting up there and not saying anything. Make a joyful noise. The noise is not for your neighbor. It's for God. And if you're doing your best, God is pleased with that. See, church, what I'm trying to tell is this, this is what we have to teach new disciples. All right? So you got the new convert. So they come to Christ. Okay? They come to Christ. Um, who's in, as they come to Christ. Is, and, 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 and when they come to Christ, let me, and, and I don't know if you all have this or not, but this is something that we learned and we had to focus on. Fountainhead Church of Christ. If you don't have a new convert class, get you a new convert class. You should always have a new convert class because you know what that says? That says that you have faith that you're going to win some folk to Christ. And when they come, you better have a class that is pointed to teaching the new converts in a definite period of time. Those things, will God, teach them why we take the Lord's Supper every Lord's Day. Teach them why we sing, making melody in our hearts. Teach them why we come together uh, to hear the word of God. Teach them why prayers is important. Teach them giving. And, and I said, pray. is that the bell? That's the five-minute warning? Let me tell y'all up front. I don't go by warnings. <laughs> Brother Chad, they can be up there like this in the congregation. And I say, Praise God! <laughs> no, no, you. Okay. I, I do have a week to be here. I, want, I don't want y'all to kick me out. Okay, all right, all right, you on. Okay, here, so, 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 new convert class, go. Go. Where are you gonna go? Let me just kind of wrap it up with this. Where are you gonna go? Where do, y'all, where do y'all go? If you go to Walmart, y'all. Let me tell y'all something too. You know, we, we came in and 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 we asked the lady at the hotel and thank you guys. We appreciate your uh, the hospitality and where you put us up in and, and we t- asked the lady said, Where's your Walmart at? <laughs> she says, Get back on the highway. <laughs> Go toward Nashville, and there's two, it's two uh, exits, and Shell and I, we got in the car, and we got on the highway, and, and Brother Chad, we traveled, and we traveled, and Shell said, just turn around. <laughs> Let's just go back, and we found Dollar General. Praise God. <laughs> Here's my point. Wherever you go, you ought to be able to strike a conversation up with somebody to tell them about Jesus, but you know how you do it? you don't first go in and say, let me tell you about Jesus. You know what you do? You go up there and you smile. You know the problem with so many of us in the Church of Christ? You don't smile. You look like you're mad all the time. You know what that says, though? And when you go to tell folk about Jesus, you know what that says? The folks say, well, if it ain't doing you no good, what makes you think it's going to do me any good? So you smile. You be cordial. You talk to people. You, you, does that make sense? And then they'll say to you, mm, you're different. Say, yes. What, what's, what's so different about you? I'm a child of God. Really? Yeah. Um, what, then you go. See how you open up the door and you say, where do you go to church at? And they say, well, good haven baptist church and what do you say oh them folk is going to hell (laughs) huh oh isn't that what we do y'all know you shouldn't be going there you say oh really you going to baptist church well you know what I'm a member of the uh fountainhead church of christ I would love to invite you to come and worship with us sometime oh really well I don't know Um, um Y'all the ones who don't have music. Yeah, well, we know we do, but, but how are you going get, to get, get over past that? You're gonna, then you say, yes, we do. Because, see, the command is for each and every one of us to worship. See, the choir can't worship for me, and singing is a part of Worship. I have to sing for myself and worship for myself and pray and give and take communion. That's why that's so important. And have you heard the voices of, of singing praises to God? It is so beautiful. We love it. You will love it. Come and, come and worship with us. Y'all see, the whole time I'm smiling. Come and worship with us. And yeah, and, and, and where you may find some of these people, you all, you may find some of these people in places that you don't want to be. It may be some of your friends, your co-workers at work and saying, you know how they are, they curse all the time and they blah, 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 this and you don't to tell them about Jesus. Those are the ones who need Jesus. Yeah, that's right, Shel. They're usually going through something anyway. Yeah. So what I got about you, about two minutes? Is it quarter till when I got to be through? <laughs> okay, all right, all right. All right, you all. All right. Jesus told us what to do, how to do it, and he gave us the power to do it. Everybody understand that? This is going to be your challenge, Fountainhead Church of Christ. Chad's going to challenge you. The elders are going to challenge each and every one of you and say, invite somebody. Make it your goal for 2013 and say, you know what? I'm going to make it my goal to invite five people. You know what we have to do, and Brother Matt, I was sharing this with Matt last night, is what we do, you all, the Lord only tells us to plant and water. We don't give the increase. He gives the increase. So if somebody really wants this, okay. Yo, we're going to have a great time, aren't we? We're going to have a great time. Thank you all so much for your time. I just wanted, this is just a little taste. This is what we're going to get. And and mainly, church, I say this is, I want to give a shot in the arm to you all, the church. And praise to God, if we have some unbelievers come in, they'll see how excited you all are about Jesus. And they will ask, what must I do in order to be saved? God bless you.